You're listening to Likely Story on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. with Shelby. And it's me. I'm here. And Polly wrote the script this morning and I'm supposed to say, here I am. Welcome to episode Dirty 30. (laughs) I did not write this. Welcome to episode 30. (laughs) Dirty 30. What's going on? Oh, you know, hanging out. Most importantly, we survived the March 2016 (laughs) blizzard. Yes. In Colorado. Um, and I think more importantly, my husband survived the March 2016 yes. Because he, he actually went outside. His survival was more questionable than yes. ours. <laughs> we were comfortably inside of our homes. Yes. Yeah, so this past week, huge snowstorm. Uh, how much snow do you think you guys got? We got about 20 inches. Okay. We had a little bit above that here, weirdly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Schools, offices were closed. The first day was like... I think that was the worst in terms of like what was shut down since I've lived here for five years of like what I've experienced because yeah. it was like the highways in all directions were closed. Whoa. They were like setting up like relief shelters for people <laughs> stuck on the roads. And I was just like, what is happening? And I think really telling is um, so John went out to went to work and then decided to leave around lunchtime which was actually the height of the storm yes it should have stuck around <laughs> till the end of the day and it would have been much better yeah and then it took him about an hour and a half because of road closures to get even marginally close to home and then he called me back again and said that his the ceo of his company who was the only other person in the office that day had locked himself out of the office so john had to turn around and go back yeah. <laughs> it was nasty out um and Oh, and then on his way back, he had to put chains on his tires because his four-wheel drive went out, mm. which the mechanic said that there was nothing wrong with his four-wheel drive. Oh, my God. And then during a blizzard, we discovered yeah. there's a lot wrong. And it was the first time they've used the Denver traction law yep. or, like, the Colorado traction law for, like, Denver, Denver. Metro, like, <laughs> yeah. city and highway. Um, my favorite thing about this was that – so the storm hit Wednesday of last week – Tuesday, it was like 75 and sunny. And so I went to the grocery store right after work because, you know, whatever. We had heard that the storm was coming and we didn't have any groceries. And so (laughs) I'm like in the grocery store and it's like full on like panic of stocking up for a blizzard, which is like normal. Like I'm used to that scene. But then I walked outside and it was 75 You're and like sunny. In flip-flops. And I was like, this just feels so strange. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But then it hit. Um, when John was on his way back, he decided just to stop at McDonald's to get lunch. Yeah. And the McDonald's was closed. What? Well, that actually makes me feel good no, that they good were thing. being very like considerate, safety so conscious. Yeah, they're poor employees. Yeah, not having making them. Drive Unfortunate out in the for John's lunch, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he survived. Yeah. Um. What? What else? We are mostly surviving the election season. Yeah, we we survived our respective county conventions. Yes, I'm not going to talk about mine. No, I don't think that we need. <laughs> you um they were both 
crazy experiences. I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> that we're not going to share here. Um, the one thing I did want to say, so my sister Sarah, who uh, lives in Utah now. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Um, listened to our episode and was like, whoa, maybe I won't go to my caucus <laughs> because we did not yours ins- seemed crazy and we apparently did not inspire confidence in participating in the process. Which was not my intention, <laughs> but I understand how it could come off that way. Yes. Um, but anyway, so we talked about it and she did decide to go, but um, there were lines like crazy. every, like this is happening everywhere, which is just so fascinating and crazy, but like lines wrapped all around the block, all like they had in her school, they went upstairs and then downstairs to go back upstairs to where the table was or oh, something. Geez. Like they just had to keep wrapping them through the stairwells, like up and oh, down to like gosh. have room. And so she was texting me like the entire time she was waiting in line. And then she got up to the table and then I just get a text that says, I'm not on the list. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and the, so then she had to go to a room that was for like special cases <laughs> because like she had registered, but it was right. It was before the cutoff, but, like, after they had printed. Yeah. Which happened here for a lot of people, too. But so she just had to go and, like, confirm her address and stuff, and it was fine. And she was able to – because they do an interesting thing in Utah where you vote, like, via ballot box with, like, Mm -hmm. a paper vote Mm -hmm. to do your presidential preference. Mm -hmm. And then after that is, like – a precinct caucus for hmm. other issues. Interesting. Um, yeah. Which so she went and did the presidential preference and then didn't stay for the rest because yeah. there was still probably like a three hour wait to get people through the lines. Oh my gosh! To do the presidential preference, she was just like, "Yeah, I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm sorry we didn't inspire confidence, but I'm glad that she participated yes. and anyone else is still participating. <laughs> The good news is there's only 226 days until election day. (laughs) We'll make it. That's not long at all. That's my optimism. And that's just the presidential. I know. We have local stuff that we're involved in. Yeah. Um, Can I tell you my favorite recent... um, campaign election season thing that's yes <laughs> i like the description as well <laughs> campaign election season thing yeah um it was basically lindsey graham going on the daily show recently <laughs> <laughs> and it's a video of him and it's amazing and and we've talked about this i think probably not on the podcast but it's just one of the funnier things of like all of the infighting in the republican party mm-hmm. Um, and kind of where that's going now. But like Lindsey Graham has been at the forefront of like hating on everyone. Yep. And he especially Ted Cruz is just so funny. I don't know. I just like I have a real struggle in my heart because I do not like him in terms of his policies or his history, but, but he's you very like him funny. As a person. <laughs> but I like him <laughs> as a person. <laughs> Um, anyway, I, I think my favorite was when, um, uh, I'm for, what's his face? Um, on the daily show, Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah. Thank you. <laughs> um, he was like, so you have railed against Ted Cruz for like a long time yeah. and now you're supporting him. And he was like, well, I had 17 cars to pick from 
and they're all gone except for two of them. <laughs> so I went with the best of the worst. I know. Like, I mean, yeah, Trevor Noah, like, asked him point blank, like, why are you supporting Ted Cruz now? And his response was, because he's not Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. But, like, this is, like, a major figure in the yes. Republican. Like, so it's just, it is a fascinating campaign season, um, election season to, to, I don't know, to watch. If it weren't reality, it'd be funnier. Yeah. But anyway, the clip made me laugh a lot. I can't stop watching it. So if anyone needs a good laugh, (laughs) it's going to be in the show notes. Um, SunriseRobot.net slash likely story slash dirty 30. 30. Just 30. You can watch it there because it's funny. Um, What else? So I have news that you are not pleased about. (sighs) Okay. Go on. John and I are moving. Oh my gosh, where are you moving? <laughs> um, to Englewood. <laughs> oh, okay, so South Denver. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's um, disappointing. I uh but it's only a non and during non rush hour, it took me from my place in Boulder to the new house in Englewood, it took like thirty five minutes. That's not bad. So we're only adding like in the you're fifteen minutes. Yeah. So it's like what, maybe 10 miles no how far south of like downtown oh it takes me 20 minutes to drive from the new house to my office it's probably actually like five miles five miles (laughs) (laughs) i am not excited about this (laughs) but i'm glad you guys found a new place yes and it is for a good reason yes john is going to du law school um, but how is moving going? When is that happening? So it all happened very fast. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been looking for apartments on Zillow. And then this house came on the market and it's an up-down duplex. So mm-hmm. we have the upstairs and there's a tenant in the downstairs um, with a son who's anywhere from 13 to 18 year old, eighteen years old, depending on who you ask. If you ask the <laughs> realtor, he's 17 or 18. If you ask the nosy neighbor who came over and knocked <laughs> on my car window after I looked at the place, he's 14. So, Oh my gosh. She also told me that the tenant goes to bed at 830. Which my reaction was, so do I. So <laughs> this is quite the nosy neighbor. I know she was actually my biggest red flag about the property. <laughs> and John's response was, "We're really good at ignoring people." So yeah, okay. Um, and we were hoping we had to give. So our current place, our landlord is just the owner of it. Yeah, she, it's not like a company or anything. Um, and she recently got a dog which kind of solidified the fact that she would never move back into this apartment because oh. you can't have dogs there, only cats. Um, so she said she gave us the option to buy it at the end of our lease term. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, she was going to sell. So yeah. no matter what, even if John would have decided to go to CU Law School, we were going to have to move out of that apartment because we weren't going to buy it. We thought about it, and it just doesn't fit our needs in a longer-term yeah. Yeah. Um, investment. Um, and... We reached out to her to let her know that we would not be buying it and that we would be moving and asked her and said, like, we plan to stay for the whole lease term, but, you know, we would be willing to leave earlier as well if that, like, suits your needs. And she wrote back and was like, that's really great. She was like, all I need is a 30-day notice. Yeah. 
so I look at this place. And I'm like, this place is pretty good. <laughs> fits all of our needs. Fits what we need. Um, and I said to John, I'm like, I think we have to go for it. And John went and looked at it. And then the guy came back. We were like, we're really interested. You know, what, when, yeah, what can we do? And he said move in would be April 15th. Yeah. And that was, I think it was like March 17th or something or 18th. (laughs) It's fairly recently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we asked to move in on April 30th instead of the 15th. And Mm -hmm. it's a, an owner as well of the house that it's an investment property for them. And then they use like a, a property management company to do all of the work basically. Um, and they just, they actually wanted an April 1st move in date, but because apparently John and I have great credit, (laughs) I (laughs) I don't know what our credit scores are, but, um, they were willing to put it off a couple, but to the 15th, to the 15th. Yeah. So then we wrote back and our landlord was like, I imagined the 30 day notice being like the first of the month, which I was like, well, that's kind of convenient. Um, <laughs> yeah. like things don't really work out that way, but anyway, but she's been really, really awesome. Um, Good. and so last Sunday after the Saturday was the County convention and Sunday, John and I cleaned the entire apartment <laughs> literally from ceiling uh. to floor. <laughs> it took 10 hours. It's so painful. I mean, I'm very <sighs> impressed. It just like makes my whole body cringe thinking about all of this. <laughs> and so the one of the um, stipulations was that we would allow people to come in and show the apartment. And she oh, was like, right. it needs to be as empty as possible so that people feel comfortable moving around the space. John yeah. and I took that very much to heart. Yeah. We've moved out almost every, actually, we've moved out everything in the living room (laughs) except for one bookcase that holds our TV and cable box and one side table that holds a plant and a lamp. We even got rid of our couch. Yeah. Because our couch was horrendous. um, And we ordered a new one and it was supposed to come Friday. (laughs) So John enlisted a friend to come help him move the massive, massive, awful couch out on Friday. And then it's like 9 p.m. And I'm like, I don't think the couch is coming. (laughs) So right now we have camping chairs that we're watching TV in the living room. Yep. Yeah. I think if you'll recall, our strategy of getting stuff done was that we didn't get a new couch when we had first moved. <laughs> and that was the only thing that like kept us working yeah. on the apartment because as soon as the couch arrived, then we became lazy bumps again. Yes. <laughs> so maybe it'll be helpful as you finish up a few more things this weekend yeah. and we're pretty much have a couple more weeks. We've shampooed the carpets. Nice. Yeah. Most uh, most of our things are packed. We just have the kitchen and bedroom to pack up. Yeah. And we don't move for three more weeks. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> so, but at least I won't have to, at least it'll be a one day move because all I'll have to do cleaning wise is vacuum one last time and like wipe off counters. Yeah. Because everything has been deep cleaned. Yeah. So it'll be a really quick. That's good. Yeah. Because that is definitely one of the worst parts. Yes, is cleaning the apartment that you're leaving. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, I do not care. I just want out. (laughs) I already have a new home that I have to go home and clean. Yes. (laughs) There's a lot of cleaning that comes with moving. Uh, Yeah. So we're moving. Yay. Yay. We've been here for three years. It's the longest I've lived anywhere since I left my parents' house. Yeah. So that is pretty crazy. It's about time you guys 
pick up and do something. And it's not that <laughs> far. No. So I suppose it's fine. Considering we also both work in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably a good call, actually. <laughs> I'm surprised it took three years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. That. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, as we warned or gave notice, gave notice last episode, we are going to talk about House of Cards season four. Yep. If you have not watched it and you plan on watching it and are very against spoilers, it was great you tuned in. Feel free to just turn off the podcast now <laughs> or come back in 30 minutes. <laughs> um, I would just like to give a shout out to my friend Angelica, who has been listening to our podcast from the beginning, <laughs> but had just started watching Planned Parenthood. Planned <laughs> That is something else. It <laughs> was a Freudian slip. Um, we she had just started watching uh, Parenthood. Parenthood, the TV <laughs> show. Oh my goodness! It's um, okay, you can do it. Had just started watching Parenthood, and we had just finished Parenthood. Oh yes. And so she literally, like a week ago, G chatted me and said, I just, I, she's like, I finally finished Parenthood. So I just went back and listened to your first or second podcast. <laughs> and now I have listened to them all. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> hey, everyone. During this next section of the podcast, we are going to talk about House of Cards season four in depth. If you haven't seen it yet or want to remain spoiler-free, do not listen to the next segment. Holy crap face. Yeah. That season was nuts. It was nuts. Um, okay. I would just like to say I think you have an unfair advantage oh, over dang me. It. <laughs> I'm bringing it up. Okay. Um, because uh, if I remember correctly... <laughs> so... You had visitors from out of town for yep. a little while. Yep. And you had gotten permission from Mike. Uh-huh. I would just like to reiterate that you got permission because some people's spouses do not get permission. <laughs> we can talk about that later. Okay. To watch without him. Yes. And so you finished. Yep. And then I got a text mm-hmm. one day from you that said, so I'm almost, I'm almost completely through house of cards for the second time <laughs> and this is within a span of a few days this is it was like- a week it was an entire week okay. <laughs> but just to be clear oh my gosh okay so um we had visitors in town <laughs> and um i knew um so our friend matt from germany was visiting and i knew that he wanted to watch House of Cards. And so we had talked about like having a marathon. Yeah. But when he got here and then our friend Benji was visiting um, and obviously like the three of them with Mike were just doing a bunch of other like fun stuff. Yeah. And so it was a lot of stuff that I, um, by my own decision, was not involved with. Yes. <laughs> and so I kind of had like I had all day Saturday, one of the first days they were all here. Um to basically just watch all of House of Cards. Yes. It is all that I did. And it was amazing. Yes. And then an entire week went by and then um 
Benji left and they had kind of done all of the activities that they had planned. And so then Matt and Mike were like, but wait, we want to watch it. (laughs) And so then they started the season to binge through it before Matt um, went back home. And then I was like, oh, I could partake in this. (laughs) So then I just joined them the following Saturday from when I had watched it. Yes. So that's what happened. Don't judge me. (laughs) I live my life how I want to. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) big plot, big picture comparison to other seasons. I have a couple different buckets of what I want to talk about, but that's the first one. Okay. Um, I will just throw out there that John and I loved this season so much more than last season. Yeah. I did not really like last season. Last season felt a little bit rough. Like it was definitely changing the nature of like characters they were focusing on and having storylines that weren't directly centered around Frank. And that was kind of a departure, but it was, I, yeah, it was a little bit rough. And here I do not like Claire and Frank fighting against each other. Yeah. And that it was kind of like if this season you divide the season into three, kind of three big buckets which mm-hmm. was them still fighting against each other yep. them getting back together <laughs> yep. and then there's this like terrorist plot line yeah um I- Ico. Ico. which is obnoxious yeah i know <laughs> but okay oh i get it i get it yeah i just like i like claire and frank being back together as a yeah. completely cohesive united unit of pure freaking evil yes like, they are terrible. They're awful. But I think, like, this season more so, last season felt a little bit like they weren't playing, a like, the long game. Yeah. They were like, okay, well, here's the next step. And, like, yeah. we'll keep making these spur-of-the-moment decisions to get out of one situation, mm-hmm. regardless of how it impacts the next. And then they yeah. just kept solving problems one by one. Mm-hmm. And this season has been this much longer game that they're playing yeah um and i think that to me like that is prime politics in like you know it's like that genius thing of like oh that's right you weren't doing this one political move you were already like you've been playing chess the whole time and I've been playing checkers. <laughs> like yeah. you thought five moves down the line and have made all of these decisions and kind of done this problem solving to get there. Yeah. To the point where now the ticket for the, the president is Frank Underwood for president and Claire Underwood for vice president. <laughs> it is the craziest plot. I would have never no. thought of this. Yeah. And they did it. They did it through like a brokered contested convention. They like got the quote unquote will of the people like supporting Claire and her making like emotional pleas and her ratings are far higher than his are. And it's all just crazy. Yes. They did it. I don't know what like big picture of like the story throughout the season what like really stuck with you or so i really liked the republican contender of uh will conway yeah i didn't Joel know Kinnaman is yeah. the actor's genius i didn't know that it was possible to hate 
someone more than Frank Underwood. <laughs> and then Will Conway came around and I was like, okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You're awful. Yeah. Um, and I just love that dynamic between um, Frank and Will and then Claire and his wife, who I'm forgetting her mm-hmm. name right now. Um, and one of my favorite scenes of the entire, which is like, like essentially like feminist as well is when, um, Will Conway's wife and Claire are sitting in like the residence basically Mm -hmm. at the white house and, um, Will's kids are like running around and playing and, um, Claire is nice to one of them or something. And the wife goes, she was like, Oh, do you ever regret not having them? Yeah. And like Claire just kind of looks at her for a second and she's like, Oh, I'm sorry, that was too personal. And Claire just goes, Do you ever regret having them? And I'm like, Yes. And then it was just like silence and end scene. It was so good. Yeah. It was perfect. Um I think that like with the the kind of different plots that are going on, having this new like Will Conway and his wife and family are basically like kind of this young counterpart to Frank and Claire. Yeah. Like they have kids. They're very likable. They're using social media like crazy Mm -hmm. to like get support. They're, I mean, making very interesting and for the most part, good political strategy moves. Yeah. Um, Like he is uh, an Iraq war veteran in the show, which was just like, I think to me, there's this um, interaction with, with Frank and Will before, like they do this flashback to when mm-hmm. they first met, and and it's this interaction at that like um, inauguration or New Year's Eve party or something yeah. um, from season one. They show it, and and it goes and like they're saying, you know, um, Frank is asking him like, oh, like the, there's a rumor that you signed up and joined the military right after nine eleven. And Will just, like, makes these comments about, like, if you want to be a politician, you couldn't have gotten handed a better, like, hand of cars. Like, you couldn't have gotten dealt a better hand of cars to, like, have 9-11 thrown in your lap and then you could join the military and have this, like, background and record. And I was just like, this is disgusting (laughs) and everything about this is making me angry and I hate him. (laughs) You know, like, they, they make him seem with his family and... You know, he has all of these values and he's just just like a good old fashioned American guy. And then they give you all of these glimpses into how power hungry he really is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even just like the, the scene that we're introduced to him, like he rolls out of bed, has this beautiful wife. Oh, I know. And then they like, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. How it was very interesting, but I, I just liked him. Again, because I didn't think I could hate anyone more than Frank. And when I say hate, I hate Frank. It's like that doesn't he, mean you're not rooting for no. him. <laughs> <laughs> but he's despicable. Yeah. But then Will came along, and I'm like, oh, you're mm, yeah. You're I think way they worse. did a great job of introducing new characters and bringing back some characters. Like I think more than last season, um, this season had a lot of strength in the character development. Yeah. I mean, I think Claire, you see that a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. she is a badass. Like, she is strong. She is taking opportunities. So uh, middle of the season, uh, kind of early on, but middle, um, Frank gets shot. Mm -hmm. And he's in a coma. 
and um, what's his name? That total goober becomes the acting president. Oh, yeah. I can't even remember his name now. He's such a goober. Um, so a man the, who would never become president. Became so president. <laughs> the VP becomes, you know, acting president, and and Claire steps in as like, oh, Donald Blythe. Yeah. So President Blythe. So like Claire steps in and is basically Runs. his like advisor and is manipulating him and getting him to go through a better plan with this like Russian energy crisis than like it was a much better plan than even Frank had devised. Mm-hmm. And she can't even be out front doing it. She yeah. has to manipulate all of these pieces to make it work. Yep. Um, and I just think she like very strongly goes in and she gets in a little over her head, but she realizes that yeah like i th- there's you know then there's later the scene where frank obviously is he gets this liver transplant and whatever they're like talking about what happened and there's this very like humbling honest moment where claire was just like that was a lot harder than i thought it'd be mm-hmm. like she's suddenly realizing but then they both are like all in yeah like okay we're going to do this we're going to be a team and it's not going to be like before yeah we're going to absolutely be this united front. Um, and I think that's the most terrifying thing of like what will happen in season five yeah. <laughs> is because they have like she has gotten so much stronger that she is now an equal. And I think Frank realizes that mm-hmm. in the characters. Um, so I don't know. I think her development was really awesome. Um and you've already talked about Will Conway. So it's yep. um Joel Kinneman, great actor. It's just like, ugh, repulsive. Awful. <laughs> like, He's terrible. But I think they did a great, like, I can't imagine it'd be hard coming into this show because they don't normally introduce. It's not a lot of new characters. Like, there's not a lot of new characters or ones that are, like, front and center mm-hmm. <laughs> as main characters. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he's doing a great job, but it is. I'll just go back to Claire, though. Yeah. Um, So while she's a badass, she's also a terrible human. Oh, she's terrible. (laughs) Her relationship with her mother made me... Yeah. It was awful. It was... I mean... It was rough. It was just terrible to watch. And, I mean, her mother is also Claire. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, they are equally matched. Like, there's a reason Claire is the way she is, and it's yeah. very clearly stemmed from her mother. But, yeah. like, threatening to sell the house and the property, like, right from under, oh, it was just, it was painful to watch. <laughs> her mother's dying, and then I know. the only scene that I felt like had some humanity to it was um, when her mother died. Yeah. And she was there with... Um, Tom Yates. Tom Yates. Yeah. Um, who I love. I do love. I'm I'm glad he's back. <laughs> he is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's also pretty to look at. So yes. Yeah. But yeah, nice. I mean, like, there was some very sensitive, like real human, like you almost forget in those moments. Um, and because basically like her Claire's mother is dying of cancer mm-hmm. and is asking Claire to help her. Yeah. Like, please supply me more morphine than I need. Let me do this for you. Like my death will bring you the nomination, which weirdly enough it did. And it was very crazy, but like there's, you almost forget that they're all terrible humans (laughs) because it was like a very delicate scene and it was like peaceful. And Tom was there supporting Claire and like, and it was just this very bizarre, like, wait, what? You're all terrible. Like what's happening? Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
Yes. Don't get my endorsement for her being a <laughs> yeah. badass. It's like, oh, I think she's great and I'm going to follow in her footsteps. <laughs> um, the one, so the other two that I wanted to talk about were Heather Dunbar and then Doug Stamper. Mm-hmm. Um, so Heather Dunbar, um, you know, trying to challenge Frank for the nomination and they're going through this battle. And what I think is interesting with her is that there is this pivotal point in the season for her where she can kind of play dirty politics to stay in the race Mm -hmm. or she can bow out and like she can maintain her morals and the ethics of why, which is why she ran in the first place because she thought Frank was terrible um, and wanted to like bring back respect and like ethical leadership. Um, So she could, she had this turning point and her like chief of staff or her like, main aide that's helping her with her campaign and stuff is like telling her to do this terrible thing. Mm -hmm. Like, but if you just do this one thing, you'll stay in the race and you deserve to be president. Yeah. And you just see this, like, I think she played this really well because there's this deep conflict within her about what to do. Yeah. And she stepped back. Mm -hmm. She like stuck to her like moral firm ground yep. instead of continuing to like go for this powerful position, but lose her own, like lose herself. Yeah. Um, and I think she is one of the few characters in the whole show that does that, which to me, like, you know, you talk about um, house of cards is like the anti West wing. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> so true. Everything about the West wing was this like uplifting, hopeful, um, yes, this is politics and here's how it can work, but like nobody's getting murdered and we're all playing the same game by the same rules. And like, it was just very hopeful about like the betterment of society. (laughs) And I feel like she is the only nod to that like era or perspective of society right now. And everything else about the show is just terrible. terrible. (laughs) She is. She is the only, well, I don't know. I well, no, Remy's not even that good. No. I mean, he wasn't like he's turned a new leaf this season. Yeah. Um but I think only because yeah, like he finally got sick of being shit on that yeah. he you know, he's decided to kind of team up against Frank. But yeah. so I I appreciated kind of this the the line of Heather Dunbar as, as a more minor character overall. Yeah, um, definitely. But an important kind of storyline for her. Um and I can't, the other thing was uh, about Doug Stamper, who, like, I have read, there's an, um, there's an interview with him that we'll put in the show notes from Salon that um, the title's just like, he's a pretty scary dude, which is Michael Kelly, who yeah. plays Doug Stamper, like, his analysis of the character. Like, yeah, he's terrifying. Yes. <laughs> um, but he's still, like, he remains one of my favorite. And I couldn't find this article now that I went back. I'll keep searching. But um, a, an analysis of, like, his character in season four was that Doug Stamper is truly an alien trying every season to learn how to be a human <laughs> and just, like, failing terribly. Because he has this, um, so one of the main things this season, so Frank needs a liver transplant after being shot, and Doug manipulates the National Donor Registry Mm -hmm. to put Frank at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. It is so, like... But here's why I like why I think Doug (laughs) is my favorite character, is because he... 
he makes no, not that Frank makes apologies for who he is, but Frank has to hide who he is, like who he is at his core. Like he can't <laughs> That's be a really like good that. Point. He has to hide. Yeah. Yes. Doug does, does not. <laughs> like, you know what you get when you have Doug in a scene. Oh, and who, I'm sorry, but who came up with the idea of putting a glass around someone's mouth and then plugging one of their nostrils? Ugh. Who came up with that? I don't know. That was, was terrifying. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, poor little comms director. No. <laughs> yeah, don't the hurt the comms director. <laughs> um, well, and then I was... Yeah, Doug Samper is scary as shit. I was talking to my boss about it, and um, he was like, I don't care how much power I have by working at the White House, I would quit after that bullshit. <laughs> like, you tried to kill me? Yeah. Like you <laughs> you oh threatened my gosh. death. You threatened to kill me. Yeah. I am not sticking around that job. I'm sorry. I don't care. No. I was the press secretary for the White House. I'll find other work. <laughs> uh, I'm out. <laughs> Peace. Like, people would probably be like, oh, yes, I do believe you're smarter now knowing that you quit this terrible yes. administration. <laughs> um, yeah. Doug, so, yeah. So, he tried to kill the press secretary. <laughs> he threatened him to get him in line. Yes. Um, which, like, part of that, I think, was unfortunate because uh, Doug... And Frank, like, knew all along that Claire was initially, like, kind of blackmailing them to get her on the ticket. Yeah. And um, the press secretary, whose now name, of course, is escaping me, um, he kept, like, challenging them and being like, guys, this is a terrible idea. And I'm like, he's smart. Like, you need to get him in on the plan because otherwise he's going to continue pushing back because this is, like, self-sabotage for your whole administration. So that was unfortunate because I'm like, oh, guys, a little communication would go a long way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so with the the liver transplant, he manipulates the donor registry, mm-hmm. which is terrible, but like shows the extent of his loyalty to Frank. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, it's heartwarming. Like he just loves his <laughs> boss so much. And then you're like, wait, what? <laughs> so in the process, the person who had been at the top of the list now dies. Yep. And you see this like guilt ridden Doug Stamper. Who's like looking at this fundraiser for the family of the guy who died and he ends up, which was very confusing to me at first, he ends up donating like $5,000 yep. in his own name yep. as the chief of staff to the president. <laughs> yep. um, and like the the widow reaches out to him and then he proceeds to like be obsessed with her and get in a relationship with her. Of course. And now they are dating. Of course. Are you surprised? It's Doug. <laughs> it's know. Doug. But it's just like, he's just crazy. He forms these obsessions. Like, this Ugh. is what happened with the... With Rachel, Rachel. Posner. Yeah. yeah. So... It's not going to end well. No, of course And it this won't. is why I do feel like the article that said he's an alien trying to learn human emotions. <laughs> it's like, he, he gets close, and yeah. he knows he's supposed to feel guilty, and then takes it too far, yeah. and like, gets in a relationship with someone. Yeah. Ugh. Doug, I don't know. I think, as you can see, I'm very passionate about this show. <laughs> yes. It is, um, I thought, very good this season. It was. I was. I, I said it already, but I was worried after last season that it was going to continue to go downhill and that we had yeah. seen the best of House of Cards. Yeah. But. Yeah. I, I thought this season brought it back. Yeah. The weird thing is that I don't know if I've been living under a rock or something, but I thought that this season was the last season. Oh. <laughs> and I so like, like I just saw something too yeah. that No, season five will be released in March of twenty six of twenty seventeen, okay. I mean. Um 
but going into it, I, for some reason thought that this was the last season. And so I had these storylines, um, from the British version mm-hmm. in my head of like what was going to happen. Yeah. And then when it didn't, I was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and like midway through had to look it up and be like, oh, okay, right. This isn't actually the last season. <laughs> yes. Um, I thought it was going to go down an entirely different storyline. It could be the last season, though. The way they ended it, I think, could be a very good yeah. ending to the series. They could have, but they're not going to because no. it's been confirmed. Yeah. So I'm just saying. If they decided. If they changed their mind. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's not really, like, there's a quote-unquote cliffhanger, but not yeah. really. Yeah. Just Which, like, the big thing was that... Um, at the very end, um, again, this is a big spoiler, I feel like. We <laughs> so gave our warnings. We gave our warnings. But if for some reason you're still <laughs> listening, stop. Um, the kind Unless of big... you and like spoilers. Uh, I know, but not this one. This is a big <laughs> thing. You should talk to David Lyons and Michael about this spoiler. <laughs> um, but the very last scene of the last episode... Um, Uh, Frank is talking to the camera, breaking that fourth wall like he always Mm -hmm. does. But for the first time, Claire turns and also looks at the camera as they deliver this line about like, we don't make the terror. We are the terror. (laughs) And I just sat there and was like, holy shit. And what's going on in the background, which is also telling, is that a man is being executed by... Ico by Ico, yeah, um, group affiliated, yeah. Well, two Americans that yeah. become radicalized um, and like slit this man's throat, and they cut away. We don't actually see it, but you see the other reactions from the people, all in the room, of the staff, and they're like just horrified by what they're seeing. And then Claire and Frank are just staring at it, mm-hmm. watching it, like it's like it's like a making show. them stronger. <laughs> yeah. It like. I don't know, fills the like fury and rage within them or something. I don't know. It was creepy. And yeah. So I don't know. They fully united and are crazy. But this kind of leads me to also a couple times during the season, I had to be like, wait, am I actually watching CNN or is this (laughs) House of Cards? (laughs) I just found an article too, which is why I got distracted earlier. Um, uh, which is called Seven Ways House of Cards Season 4 Eerily Mirrors Real Life. Oh. Um, and the number one is the KKK scandal, mm-hmm. um, which we just had with David Duke, um, the former Grand Wizard of the KKK, endorsing Donald Trump and Donald Trump being like, Ooh, what? who's David Duke? Um, and there's a picture of Frank Underwood's father who yeah. took a picture with a Klansman. Yeah. Um, and they made a billboard of it. And- yeah, all of that. Ico versus ISIS. I'm still upset that they used Ico. Um, and I haven't done a ton of research about this, but I feel like other shows that are in the same like genre have used like Boko Haram and ISIS and yeah. other. Like, I'm pretty sure Homeland. I think Homeland does. Homeland does. There was a terrible, terrible show on ABC for a little while with um, what's her face from Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> State of Affairs. Oh. With Catherine Heigl. Yes. Yeah. It was awful. Oh, that's sad. It was terrible. I think it got canceled halfway through the season. But they used the same. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they used. So I don't know why they couldn't just. I don't know. 
I just kind of chuckled every time I heard Ico. Yeah. Like I couldn't take it seriously because I'm like, you're, you mean ISIS, but yeah. you don't want to say ISIS for some reason. So you're calling them Ico. Maybe this is an issue of helping us remember that it's a TV show and not real life Maybe. because otherwise it's very confusing. Yeah. Um, the whole gun debate. Yeah. So one of the big, like, um, after Frank gets shot, Claire gets very engaged in, um, gun control legislation and picks this up as as her issue. Yep. And there's a lot of like hilarious um, robocalls and polling and all of this stuff about it, <sighs> which we won't get into. Um, this is the worst robocall ever recorded in the history of I know. robocalls. She was breaking a lot of rules and Polly yes. got very angry. <laughs> but I do like this is another one that mirrored what's happening. Like House of Cards could not have written this in parallel to what's happening in the yeah. country much better um so yeah so there's gun control issues um a surprise front runner with little experience (laughs) an open seat in the supreme court yep also included in the show a powerful couple in the running yep clintons and (laughs) um okay this is my favorite so uh this well this article says the president really drew a hand outline on a white house wall just kidding this is like this very tender moment, which we did not address, but oh, Meacham, um, also a good weird heart. historical past with the <laughs> Underwoods. I love Meacham. But he basically saves Frank's life um, when he almost gets shot, which we should talk about this storyline as well. Who <laughs> shot him and what's going on? Oh, yeah. Because I think this is going to be a major part of season five. Um, but uh, Frank and Meacham have this really tender moment in the White House walls so where they like took a um, a piece of artwork off the wall. And then he's like, here, this will be better. And he like traces Meacham's hand. And I'm like, you guys love each other. And I then he dies. Meacham. Meacham didn't even do it. Well, again, another conversation with my boss that Meacham in his eyes did not do his job well enough because the president still got shot. True. <laughs> Um, I mean, they also like did no crowd control or anything because no. a crazy man made his gun. way through. With anyway, it's terrifying. Yes. But the other storyline, which is coming back, is um, that uh, Hammerschmidt, yes. which is just like the best. So the Lucas, Lucas Goodwin, um, reporter, Zoe Barnes's boyfriend. Then they were all at the same paper, right? So Lucas is is who shot Frank. Yep. Um, Gets killed by Meacham. Um, Meacham also dies. But anyways, then they take this up and Hammerschmidt, who was the editor of the paper when they were all there mm-hmm. from like season one, goes back to the case files that Lucas had drawn up and starts going back to the investigation of yeah. Frank. And he is on the right track and getting evidence far more than anyone else has yeah. in past seasons. Yeah, This is where Remy... Um, and what's her name? <laughs> Jackie. Yeah. Jackie Sharp where yes. Remy and Jackie Sharp, like, um, team up and decide to go against the Underwoods mm-hmm. and kind of come clean about set. Like this, the evidence is piling up around the Underwoods mm-hmm. and is, is very quietly being pulled together by Hammerschmidt, the, the old editor. Um, so I think this is going to be a major component of season five and whether I love it takes this them stuff. down or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, like the parallels to to real life were there's the contested or brokered convention, which is how Claire became the VP. Mm-hmm. Like 
what are we going to see in a couple of months yep. <laughs> in, the, in both parties, in the Republican Party? Um, I don't know. Just the the power dynamics, I think, the same way that the West Wing, for example, mm-hmm. which I forget. Did you? You have seen it. I have it. been. Yeah. Um, like the power dynamics there are much more low key that I wonder if folks would say is closer to reality. Yeah. And everything about House of Cards is exaggerated to like the nth degree, yes. but you still see some of this coming out yeah. of like, I am playing five steps ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you that, you'll see you need to get in line. Yeah. And just all of that was like, wait, what? Like, can I pause this? Is this actually <laughs> CNN? And they have like actual CNN reporters yep. on, which makes it even more confusing. <laughs> Wolf Blitzer, they had um, one of the, the um, I'm forgetting her name, but she's on the PBS evening news every night she was on. Um, so yeah, they they bring on the, the, real, the real people. To make it even more confusing. Yeah. And that guy who does all of the in-depth analysis, like clicks on his screen to zoom into states he's <laughs> yes. on. I'm like, oh, you're annoying in real life. I don't want to see you now. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, anyway, that's all I have about House of Cards. I would love to know what others thought about it or if people have favorite characters other than Doug Stamper. It's pretty hilarious that Doug is my favorite character, but he is. really weird. He is. He's my favorite. I mean, he's well done. I don't know. He's a creepy dude. Uh, He is, (laughs) according to the man who plays him for a living. Um. All right. That's all I have about House of Cards. I thought it was great. Even if I had only watched it once, (laughs) I would have thought it was great. Good. Cool. Great. Um, What about some terrible things? Okay. Uh, Fall TV. I just wanted to do a quick update because the only show from the fall that I was still kind of watching was Quantico. Are you not watching Life in Pieces anymore? Oh, sort of. I always forget about it. Okay. I catch up, but then... It piles up. Yeah. But I think that's it. I'm watching Quantico Life in Pieces. That's it. I think that's it. I quit Limitless. Quantico's terrible. It's so bad. I mean, I (sighs) was joking with Mike about this the other night, and he just started laughing at me, and he was like, here's the thing, Shelby. No one but you thought it was good to begin with. No, but lots of people did think it was good. I thought so. His point was that he didn't need to watch half of the season to know it was going to get worse and worse and worse, but I did. (laughs) Wait, but no, that's not true. I'm standing up for you. Because when we were talking about this earlier in the fall, um, we talked about how could this show continue on. That's true. And like still be like as good good as it is right now yeah and it can't it can't it didn't it's terrible it's bad it's so boring uh and i i I really liked um parish the actress who plays parish yeah getting her name but i really liked her and now i just find her overdone and annoying it's too much and i the whole the storyline between caleb and um i keep thinking of her as anna from unreal oh but her name is shelby (laughs) That's the only reason I know oh. it. It's because oh, her name is, is actually Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't remember that. Um, I think that storyline is yeah. Ter- it's all it's just terrible. terrible, which is why I just watch House of Cards all the time. Yeah, you gonna watch it again? I don't know. I mean, not this week. <laughs> um. Okay. 
Um, I do have a hilarious thing, and I think I've told you. So my DVR is a little confused. Yeah. Um, so we we podcasted about the show Unreal, which yes. is the drama, the scripted the drama, scripted drama about The Bachelor, essentially. Yeah. Um, and recently, my DVR recorded an Unreal. Yes. I'm like, oh my god, it's back! I didn't know it was back already. I'm so excited. And I turn it on, and it's the Outdoor Channel, and there's a show called Unreal that also has a capital U and a capital R. So now, and it's on all of the time. So now, almost every time that I get on my DVR, there's at least one Unreal. I so I need to figure out when it's actually being taped so that I can, yeah, I can. Um, and I knew that this was a problem and you had shared this with me. And then like a week later, <laughs> I still got really excited and texted you and I was like, Unreal is back. <laughs> and you're like, are you sure it's not just the outdoor channel? <laughs> and it was. Does it continue to record for you? No, too? it has. It has seemed to figure itself no, out. Mine's still, it, just this morning, I deleted an <laughs> Unreal. John finds it hysterical. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, it just makes me excited for that show, I but I don't think it comes back till summer. It's not back till summer. Yeah. So oh, good. I can keep deleting without fear of. Yeah. Yep. Deleting an unreal show. No need to keep those. Um, I also, uh, watched, um, Jessica Jones. Yes. We'll lead to that bandwagon. But yep. I reached it and it's amazing. Yeah. It was really, really good. Yeah. It's very intense. It is intense. That's a good one. Um, and then you said you were going to finally start something else that I've been asking about forever. I think I am finally going to watch Breaking Bad, <laughs> but here's the problem and about times 2016. I, I need my own shows to watch mm-hmm. that are separate from John. Okay. John breaks his show watching promises with me and will watch <laughs> joint shows without me. Okay. He so watched going back to House of Cards. Several episodes of House of Cards <laughs> without me. I made him watch them again. Um, but when I said it, because we were watching Better Call Saul, and yeah. I'm just like so enthralled with Better Call Saul, and I yeah. just know that Breaking Bad is as good, if not better, and different. It's a very different show. I know yes. that. Yeah. Um, and probably moves a little faster than Better Call Saul does. Mm. That's what John said. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's more violence. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think that's funny because watching Better Call Saul has made me be like, mm, I think I might need to go back and watch Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad again. Yeah. <laughs> but watching Better Call Saul and knowing how much I love that show mm-hmm. made, has made me realize how badly I need to watch Breaking Bad. And also, like, when new characters come up that were in Breaking Bad, like, John was like, have we seen the twins yet? I'm like, who the hell are the yeah. twins? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm like, I've never seen them before. There's definitely, so. they've been putting in a lot of, like, Easter eggs for folks who did watch yeah. Breaking Bad for us to kind of flip out about stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you have no idea who the twins are, like, it doesn't matter. It's just like, who are those creepy twins? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I will say knowing that Mike is in Breaking Bad yeah. makes me feel safe. Yes. In Better <laughs> Call Saul because he doesn't die. <laughs> Mike and I, um, real life Mike and I just had that conversation too because he saw like um, he hasn't been watching it with me. I've been going kind of ahead and and I had – so he came in the room the other night and I had to pause it and I paused it on a screen where um, Mike in the show is like pretty beat up. Yeah. And 
And Mike Edwards is like, oh, that looks bad. And I'm like, no, it's okay. He's in Breaking Bad. (laughs) He'll be fine. I know he'll get over it. I don't know about his family, but I know that Mike will be fine. Yeah, he'll be totally fine. He'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's worth it. So, yeah, I'm going to start watching Breaking Bad. But John said that he would like to watch it again with me, but I don't want to have to be beholden (laughs) to him. Well, maybe he can just occasionally watch episodes with you. Um, in the theme of watching things, which is basically all I've been doing lately, I'm mainly cause we had like big snowstorms and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but two movies that I wanted to share, um, Mike and I watched Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Oh, I love Pee-wee. On Netflix. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, obviously you have to like, at some point like Pee-wee Herman or be able to tolerate him. Yeah. Um, and I was really worried it wasn't going to, like, hold up for me. Yeah. Uh, it was hilarious. And um, Joe Manganello is in it as, like, one of the main characters. <laughs> and it's amazing because there's this part. So he's, um, I think, probably for me at least best known for his role in True Blood. Yeah. But uh, they're talking and and he, like, meets Pee Wee and, like, I mean, he is himself in the movie. Yeah. And so they're talking and talking, and then he's like, okay, well, just, like, look me up. And Pee-wee's like, well, I don't know who you are. Like, what's your name? <laughs> and he's just like, what? It's Joe Manganiello, you know, from True Blood? <laughs> <laughs> and that just, like, really got me. But it's very ridiculous, um, very enjoyable. Uh, so I would recommend it. It's on Netflix. Cool. The other thing was that Mike and I just went and saw Batman versus Superman. <laughs> You can't see my face, but I'm making a um, face. I see that you're making a face. It is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Like, the reviews have been very harsh, I think, unnecessarily. Um, I know. He's actually one of the best parts of the movie. Okay. And when I heard that before we saw it, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. If he's one of the best parts, this movie's going to be horrible. <laughs> um. But we went in with open minds, and it was pretty great. So don't let reviews. I think people are just kind of tired about superhero movies, yeah. or you know, want something new. Want out of something them. completely new, which yeah. is hard to do when you're basing something off of a comic to some degree. Yeah. Um, I know that Mike and uh, David Lyons are talking a lot about this on their episode of Flipping Tables this coming week. So check that out. Um, if you want to know more, but I liked it. Wonder Woman is in it. She does not make up for how terribly they treat the other female characters in the movie (laughs) um, as very helpless female characters that have to be rescued by superheroes. Mm. But Wonder Woman is in it and she's amazing. Cool. That's all I got. Why are the superheroes fighting? Are they supposed to both be good guys? <laughs> this shows my lack of knowledge of okay. comics. And- no, I also had a lot of these questions. <laughs> so the basic, I can't, I'm going to do a terrible job at this. Okay. But from my understanding and also seeing the movie, <laughs> the basic thing is that like sup- Superman is unkillable. Yes. Um, And he is getting framed for doing terrible things. Mm. And so Batman is sitting there thinking, like, this is dangerous. This is a guy who could, for the time being, he's good. Yeah. But he can do whatever he wants. And what about these rumors that he, like, killed these 3,000 people and did these things that he didn't actually do? But, like, 
we need to stop him Mm -hmm. because this is like out of control and people are worshiping him as like a god and like batman is trying to like protect gotham and Uh, thinks that superman is bad for society got it um so they're they're fighting got it yes this was one of my favorite parts about jessica jones is that so i don't read comic books i have very little me neither knowledge of superheroes or any of that and i know jessica jones is a marvel character yeah but what i found really interesting was how like it didn't have that typical superhero vibe of like yeah like they poke fun at the fact that like superheroes are supposed to wear outfits yeah there's like (laughs) casual mentions of like the big green guy and at first i thought that they were just like mentioning like the hulk like we would mention the hulk yeah and then i'm like oh no like the big green guy actually exists in this world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's just like a an offshoot and you know, yeah. like other like the city had been attacked by and the, that was a very like sublet like very small piece of the storyline. Like uh-huh. where some people came after Jessica Jones because she's one of those people who yeah. like destroyed their city they, and killed thousands. And, and Jessica Jones is very it is um it's not in your face. Like mm-hmm. you don't even learn about her abilities until like two or three yeah. episodes in at least. They like slowly introduce you to like her strength. Well, like the first, I don't know if it's the first episode or second episode, but where she lifts up the car. Yeah. And even that, like, okay, that takes a lot of, str- but it's like, doesn't, it doesn't register as no. like some super strength. No. <laughs> and then the fact that she can do guided falling. Yes. Guided falling. That's <laughs> how she describes flying. Yes. Um, yeah. I think it is, that is a very interesting kind of comparison for yeah. how they're approaching that one versus like Superman versus Batman. Batman versus Superman <laughs> is clearly comic book guys and they're yeah. all up in each other's faces. But yeah. anyway, if you need some, Movie entertainment. Those are the two that I've watched recently. Cool. Um, because we had calls for continued segment, Polly. Yeah. Let's close out the episode with conspiracy theory ridiculousness. I would just like to say thank you to all of our fans out there that really <laughs> campaigned hard for this segment. I appreciate it. And I'm seeing conspiracy theories everywhere now. So <laughs> um, so the latest one um, that has come out is, where is Richard Simmons? He has disappeared from public life. But really, where is he? He is supposedly in his mansion in the Hollywood Hills. And there are rumors that he, so I'll backtrack. So about two years ago, he did his last, he did a couple last public appearances. One was on a float for the Macy's Day Parade. Okay. And one was a CNN interview, which I've yet to watch, but I should, um, where he breaks down in a fit of tears. Huh. Um, one of the theories is that, so he's pushed out all of his friends. He's yeah. pushed out his family like no one has heard from him he will not return calls wait and this is like serious like he seriously hasn't like contacted people for two years yes um and one of the theories is from some of his friends is that his brother and his housekeeper like live-in housekeeper are basically holding him hostage in his hollywood hills mansion yeah and um there's a story um, that we'll put in the show notes um, about that kind of investigates like 
what's going on and what people are saying. And a lot of friends aren't going on record, but they're giving anonymous comments about how they haven't heard from him in so long. And they are worried that he's being held captive. Yeah. Um, He apparently tweeted at some point that Richard Simmons tweeted at some point. He's like, I'm not being held captive. I'm fine. (laughs) Which, Which is exactly, exactly what, <laughs> that's what they want. <laughs> that's course. what somebody would say if you're trying exactly. to deny it. Um, and so this oh article is really interesting. It's long, um, but it's it an interesting long. read. And um, what I think, so I'm a, I'm not going to follow through with the conspiracy theory here. Okay. Richard Simmons, since a child, has dealt with depression mm-hmm. and anxiety and like, self-esteem issues and things like that. It's part of the reason he got into the fitness industry was to like help people feel good about themselves and yeah. like boost confidence and, you know, be that peppy energetic guy. I think as he's getting older and like hormones are shifting and yeah. you know, his popularity is waning a little bit from what it used to be, you know, decades ago. Um, I think that he's in a terrible, terrible depression. Mm. And it's just been like, hiding in his house for yeah. two years because he can seems like himself. it would explain it yeah that's my thought okay there is in the article um one of his friends who is a masseuse there's some weird stories with this friend like he lived <laughs> in an apartment of richard simmons but didn't pay rent okay and asked simmons for a lot of money that simmons didn't give him okay so it's you know take that with a grain of salt questionable past but he is a masseuse and was um, that's how they became friends. And he was one of the last people to see Simmons in public in public um, at his house in the Hollywood Hills. Um, and he went and he was like, in the, I guess Richard Simmons just looked terrible and yeah. was pale. And he was like, let's go upstairs and I'll, I'll, you know, give you a massage and we'll calm you down. And apparently Richard Simmons yelled up to his housekeeper, who I'm forgetting her name right now, and said, you know, he's going to come up. And she said, no, he needs to leave. What? And then Richard Simmons, like, looked down and was kind of, like, upset and was like, I'm sorry, you have to go. So. This is crazy. We may never know. And far more serious than the conspiracy that I wanted to share. (laughs) So, Richard Simmons, if you are listening. (laughs) We hope you're okay. We do. We need you back. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, well, in my favorite, the only conspiracy theories that I enjoy following are ones about Ted Cruz. <laughs> so the latest, which isn't really a conspiracy theory, but hilarious nonetheless, is that Ted Cruz is Duke point guard Grayson Allen. I'm going to include this in the oh show God. notes because you need oh to see the, <laughs> you need to see the photos. So people did a face swap of these two guys. So college basketball player and Ted Cruz. Face swaps have happened and nothing changes. They look exactly the same. And it is hilarious. Oh my god. Now, look at their eyebrows. Cuz eyebrows never change never. as we know <laughs> from the Shambhani Ramsey conspiracy. Um but what I think is funny is that Ted Cruz addressed this one. And so then people were all up in arms because he wouldn't address the, the Zodiac, Zodiac killer. killer. <laughs> he uh. wouldn't um, deny that conspiracy, but he did deny that he is not Grayson Allen and he cannot play basketball or jump as high. 
And so that could easily be shown that they are not the same person. Interesting. But my favorite comments are that no one has seen them in the same room together. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that is my latest Ted Cruz conspiracy. And I will, it is, I know listening doesn't do this justice. You need to go to the show notes and look at the photos or like Google Ted Cruz and Grace and Alan together and you'll see the photos. Oh man. So that's all I got. That's all I got. We should wrap up so I can go watch House of Cards for a third time. <laughs> Just kidding. Seriously kidding. I'm not going to do that. Okay. Nobody Whatever believes you me. say. Okay. Go check out all of the show notes that we've talked about um, from today and in past episodes. For today's, you can go to Sunrise Robot. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. We might edit that out. We might not. <laughs> show notes sunrisrobot.net slash likely story slash 30 30 uh you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash likely story show support us at patreon.com slash sunrise robot uh we love feedback so tweet us using the likely story hashtag which is hashtag likely story um or to shelby at shelby elizabeth or me at polly and k also, make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. You can use the RSS or iTunes buttons on the website. And special thanks to all of our Patreon sponsors, uh, including Carolyn Kraut and Benji Robinson. Woo! You guys are awesome. Um, yeah, go watch House of Cards Season 4. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Bye!